everybody, this is David, a.k.a. Macintosh. And I'm Diana, a.k.a. Mod, and welcome to another episode of Macintosh and Mod Haven't Seen What? The podcast where we make each other watch movies we should have already seen. This week we have continued with our Rocky showcase. Rocky IV, 1985. Rocky Balboa proudly holds the World Heavyweight Boxing Championship, but a new challenger has stepped forward, Drago. A six foot four, two hundred and sixty one pound fighter who has the backing of the Soviet Union. That synopsis is very, very wordy. Yeah, it is. Unnecessarily so. This movie's a little unnecessarily visual. Okay, so like the biggest problem with this movie is synth. Too much synth. <laughs> and montages that go on way too long, except for the last training montage. That is a welcome montage. Alright, the budget for this film. Was thirty million dollars. Let me. Okay, how much money did it make though? Its opening weekend, it made nineteen million nine hundred ninety-one thousand five hundred thirty-seven dollars. Okay. Its total gross worldwide was three hundred million four hundred thousand dollars. Fuck. The Rocky franchise is a license to print money. Basically. <laughs> At least up to this point. Yeah. Okay. And that's nineteen eighty-five dollars. Yeah. This is some good money. Like, Titanic cost that much to make in 1997? Yeah. And then made a billion? That's a really amazing return on your investment. It's a ten times return. That's awesome. So besides the synth, which you apparently have a problem with, what are your real initial thoughts about this movie? Uh, I like the idea of it. Like, I get that Apollo is kind of restless. He just doesn't know what to do with himself. And Rocky is starting to be okay with the fact that, like, I'm old, dude. It's time to, like, be done. I mean, like, he's not old. He's No, but in terms of, like, professional sporting. Yeah. Like, this isn't a commentary about, like, someone's age. But in most sporting events, once you get closer to 30, you're kind of done. And then they inject Soviet politics into it. Which is just weird, but... That's when it kind of flies off the rails. Yeah, and, like, I'm okay with the... It it makes sense to me that Apollo... Okay, Apollo dies the hands of Drago. And, that like, I kind of get, like, Rocky's, like, I have to avenge his death. But just the the mechanics for how it happens is just so stupid. There are moments of genuine emotional connection between our characters. Yeah. I mean, the scene where Adrian shows up in Ugh. Siberia. Like, we're watching this and like I'm like, why is this so fucking touching? Because it's gets, Adrian and Rocky. We just get I miss you. I miss you too. It's the chemistry they it, have it's together. It's so amazing. Over it the course so of, amazing. It's just over the course of these movies, we saw that growth and evolution of their characters. And in this movie, because unfortunately there's not a lot of character development in the script. True. The moment we get with them is just a total level of comfort between those two yeah. as a married couple. Yeah, and then, well, she was mad that he was leaving. She didn't want him to go because she well, thought he was going to die too. Well, yeah, exactly. Is, She's uh, worried that he's going to just be killed. Completely realistic fear. So when he left, she she was mad at him. I, it's sweet. And then I like how just like in... The third movie, she's very invested in his training and supporting him. And like the second she shows up in Russia, same thing. She's going to his training. She's supporting him. Despite being way more nervous on this one. Which is also understandable. And then the other scene that just killed me is Polly walking him up 
to the ring when they're when they're headed through the halls and mm-hmm. he just goes if I could be anybody else right now I want oh, I'd be you I'd be you and then I love the switch automatically when they get in the ring remember when I said I wanted to be you forget that <laughs> hey, thanks a lot Polly <laughs> like no I loved Polly in this one Polly is great because last I, I, I keep wanting to say last episode <laughs> it kind of is last I episode. mean we are watching these very close together but in the last one he finally was this full realized guy. Yeah. And I like how we just built on that. Like, we've always known part of Polly's problem and issue is that he just wants to be Rocky. And so it's nice that he's actually saying it. And then I also like that they then use that as a bit of humor to cut some tension. It's very well done. They do. But in that moment, it's less about him wanting to be Rocky famous and it's way more about him wanting to take Rocky's place because he doesn't want to see him get hurt. Well, it's that. And also just he knows that Rocky's a good guy. Yeah. Like, I want to be you. Like, he's got the wife. He's got the son. He, he's got this family and success. He's got everything. So, I mean, it's it's all of that. In that moment of trying to find realism, he's also facing down literally the entire Soviet Union, so... That's just so... Like, I'm cool with it taking place in Russia, because I understand, like, we need a change of scenery, literally. And, like, when he's running up the mountain, I'm like, oh, those are his snow steps! (laughs) But this wouldn't actually happen. (laughs) Um, Like, I know that for sure. And then also with our current political climate, I'm just like, oh, this is just fucking ridiculous on a whole other level. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just nuts. It's ridiculous in context and in present. First of all, we've got to talk about Stallone, not as Rocky, but coming back yet again to write and direct this film. I already said what I liked about the story, so that's good. And what we don't like about the story, it's, it's not just the Drago moments, and it's not just the jingoism of it, but it's that we spend a good third of this movie in montage. Well, and this is where I don't have a problem with the story. The, he did fine with the story. He had a problem with his direction. He just dragged things out that he didn't need to. His original script for this was an hour longer. And Ew. this is one of the rare cases where I'm going to say it. We needed more to this movie. Really? We needed more actual dialogue and exposition to understand so many people at the time they saw this movie had no idea why rocky didn't have the belt everybody was asking that coming out of the theater Mm -hmm. why doesn't he have his championship belt Mm. and we get one blurb of it Mm -hmm. in a newspaper that says that boxing commission ko's rocky strips him of his title for fighting in russia oh they thought it dragged the movie too much, but there was a scene with the U.S. Boxing Commission where they said, if you go do this, we're stripping you. Oh, okay. And yeah, Rocky that would have been nice. Him. It's things like that and little details that would have purchased the understanding mm-hmm. of the Russia scenario. Like, Rocky has to literally give up everything to go do this fight, but they don't give you that. No, no, I don't disagree. That's a good point, but I don't. That's maybe the only thing I needed more of. I might have liked to know more about what Apollo was doing in that sideshow in Vegas. <laughs> like, that's kind of the only thing that I would have liked maybe a five-minute scene about. But I'm not saying you need a lot more, but you you need a good 10 to 15 minutes more of this movie to help pull and- those threads together of how we get to the middle of Russia yeah, for, and- this, for this... 
exhibition prize fight. And and we definitely need to cut way down on the Rocky driving his Ferrari uh, <laughs> sadness montage because that... it's a little bit car commercial, a little bit masturbation, and a lot of it too long. It's a Lamborghini commercial oh, Lambo, okay. mixed with a music video, mm-hmm. mixed with a too much trailer sizzle face. reel of the first three movies. Yeah, it's weird. It's super weird. They don't even talk about Mickey in this movie, uh-huh. and yet he's in that montage. Yeah. Because he's not a factor in this story. We left Mickey behind in Rocky Three, And that's okay. And I know that he's going to pepper in now and mm-hmm. then, but it's kind of one of those things where it was like, we didn't need any of this scene. We really no, didn't we need- needed to. F- we needed to see Rocky feeling bad about Apollo dying. And I'm fine with the little montage of us being like, okay, when we first met, it was very antagonistic. And then we had a rematch. And then he became my trainer and he pulled me through that bad time after I lost Mickey. But now I've lost him. That's fine. I From a storytelling perspective, that's good. Except that in Rocky, on to- long. in Rocky 2 and 3, mm-hmm. that would have been a scene where he talks to Adrian or he talks to Polly or he says that out loud and tries to get it out. It works so much better when he uses his damn words. A little bit, but I understand wanting to do something a little bit different. I don't think it's that he wanted to do something different. I I think it was they said, we've got to cut it down. So he just decided to turn it into a a montage. Well, I'm fine with the montage. Just the way the montage is done is bad. It's just way too fucking long. And anybody who's seen Rocky Four has probably seen the other one, so they kind of know the history. You don't need five minutes. Exactly. You need a minute and a half, two minutes tops. This script was subject to a pretty famous copyright infringement lawsuit. I think I've I've heard a little about this. Anderson versus Stallone. Timothy Anderson wrote a spec treatment of this script. So they took it on they took it on spec it no guarantees of anything mm-hmm. stallone then goes and writes the movie mm-hmm. anderson sues yeah and gets a trial okay because it is very Sim- they're similar very elements. close yeah. it's more than similar it I appears get you. Yeah. like similarities will get you a filing but to get an actual trial it's got to be pretty substantial okay the court wound up ruling against anderson on the basis that it was a, quote, unauthorized derivative work from Stallone's characters from Rocky mm-hmm. 1 through 3, and therefore he didn't have standing, which <laughs> is bullshit. It's a very interesting interpretation. Like, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's right. I just, I'm always interested in a very narrow view of a law. I always find that interesting. Stallone also considered bringing Clubber Lang back, which was like, why didn't you fucking do it? What also would have been cool is if Clubber Lang tried to fight Drago and, like, drew, like, withdrew. Like, everybody tries to fight Drago and yeah, nobody's like, ready just to do like, it. Just, like, one other familiar name. So, like, Clubber does it and he withdraws and then Apollo does it and he dies. So, like, that. That would make sense. My biggest problem is understanding the context of where we were in mm-hmm. the Cold War at that time. Yeah. The fact of the matter is we were in detente. Nothing yeah. was happening, and we were trying to work out how this was all going to fall once Be everything resolved. ended. Yeah. So I was one, and it's revision. It's revisionist because at the time, it's a totally different environment. Yeah, 
But looking at it now, it just ages so poorly, politically, because it makes no sense. Oh, it's just, it's a sideshow. It is. It's a, it's a circus for the sake of having a circus. Well, and it's a circus in a very Americanized view mm-hmm. of what was going yeah. on. Um, it should have been like any other boxing match in Russia, but maybe there are a few Russian officials in a section. Like they've come out to watch it and see what happens with this American guy. That would have been fine. And they could have gotten the little, you know, cherry on the Sunday that they wanted without it being utter nonsense. Yeah. They just, they just went so far over the top with mm-hmm. it. And then Rocky has this really interesting kind of good message at the end of the film that is pretty Western, yay, democracy, mm-hmm. but not in too annoying of a way. Mm-hmm. It's a much better, like, hey, look, if we can get in each other and try to kill each other for however long we fought and then come together as men at the end, mm-hmm. then everybody can do this. We don't yeah. have to nuke each other. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a decent message for everybody to come away with. And that's kind of like a seriously deep message for a boxing movie. I mean, it's also very rocky. Yes. Like, it's totally in character, but it gets undercut by all the bullshit America stuff we've done up to then, (laughs) including the fucking soundtrack. Holy shit, Survivor did not write a good follow-up for this movie. No. All right, let's talk about our cast. Do our quick hits first. Rocky's cool. You like Stallone? He's fine. He looks really good with a beard. <laughs> I was right. like, ooh, this is attractive. Hey. I like it. I'm a woman who likes facial hair. I just do. But not everybody looks good in it. He does. He's a lot more gaunt this time, even he, than, like, his, he was. His face. And it's, when he puts on those aviators with his cheekbones, he looks like Karl Lagerfeld <laughs> before <laughs> his hair went white. That's really the vibe I get. Um, but then, you know, when he's in Russia, he looks good. Yeah. Talia Shire. She's lovely. She's a treasure. She's not in the movie that she's much. She's not in the movie a lot, but she she's great. Also, this is the only Rocky film that we ever see her drive a car. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's all right. Burt Young as Polly. We talked you, you talked about how yeah. you loved Polly in this movie. I liked him a lot more in this movie. Carl Weathers. He's great. As Apollo Creed. It's great. I mean, the third one was where he really shined. That's um, his best that's that, his I mean, best period. That's his best character movie. But this, I mean, he's good. He serves his purpose. He dies. Yeah, he just, he strains credulity for a little while. I'm glad that Stallone recognized that this can't just be about, I'm an American and we're going to show these Russians. It has to be way more about Apollo can't stay away from the ring. There had to to be a reason. Apollo, more than Rocky, had a problem with retiring. Yeah, that was a much better touch of writing by Stallone Mm -hmm. to put that there. So that he's got some sort of touchstone, because otherwise, Apollo just would have been a clown in this movie. Yeah. So, at least there's that undercurrent. Hmm. Now, there is a guy who has been in all of these movies. Yeah. That we have failed to mention up until this point, and it's a little bit shameful. Because in Rocky Three, he does play a big role. He does play a much bigger role, but this is where he really gets to be featured. That would be Tony Burton playing Duke. Duke. He doesn't even have a name in the first one. In the first two, he's just known as Apollo's trainer. Yeah. But they, they eventually credit him as Duke. I think they call him Duke in the first two movies a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But he's finally billed as such. And in this movie, he's really he takes the mantle from Apollo and from Mickey mm-hmm. of I'm a trainee Rocky. And he 
has to completely retrain Rocky in a new way. I really like his motto, which is no pain. No pain. Like you don't feel it. It's not there. You're good. Mickey was all about getting the best punch out of Rocky Mm -hmm. could get and overcoming his weaknesses to defeat a better fighter. Like this is how your opponent fights. So this is what you have to do. Then Apollo teaches him how to actually box. Yeah. Teaches him footwork, teaches him how to move because he knows clubbers. Clubber's stronger mm-hmm. than he is, so he's got to figure out a way to be lighter. Yeah. Drago is a machine. And he's so much bigger than him, so, like, he's just got to accept the fact that he's going to have to take a fuck ton of punches. And then get his shots when And get can. under his arm, because his, his reach is insane. Yeah. Get under him to start getting him. Exactly. Catch you him have, guard. Which means you have to take the punishment yeah, to, to get take, inside. You have to, yeah. You ha- you're going to have to take some punches. But as he points out, the second he bleeds, you've got him. Because mm-hmm. he's never bled. Okay, now we get to the main attraction. Mm-hmm. Dolph Lundgren. I mean, okay, I'll just say this. He looks much better now. <laughs> I would not have said he was attractive at all at this time. To be fair, this is his first leading role. I don't care. His ever. haircut makes him look ridiculous. I know. He plays his part. He's a Russian robot. His only job is to train and destroy. You would also know him from Universal Soldier, He-Man from Masters of the Universe. Nope. And, of course, the Expendables series. I know he showed up in the Expendables. Plus, uh, Hail Caesar, Kindergarten Cop 2, apparently. I never saw that one. He's in Hail Caesar? Uh, Apparently. He shows up in a lot of random Mm -hmm. movies and cameos, Mm -hmm. along with just being another legit action star. Yeah. This guy's story is insane. Yeah, he's he's an odd duck. He was born to a engineer in Sweden. His father was fairly physically abusive, and part of his overcoming that was to get involved in physical training. He earns a master's in engineering in Sweden. Okay. And then a Fulbright scholarship to MIT. Damn. Like, this guy is legit brainy. Yeah. He's a smart fucking dude. Yeah. But when he gets to America, he starts hanging out mm-hmm. at different uh, parties and things like that. Partying. He winds up with Warhol. <laughs> he winds up hanging out with Grace Jones and dated Grace Jones for a very okay, long time. I think I remember that, but I didn't know about Warhol. Oh, he met so many people, got the acting bug, and two weeks into his Fulbright scholarship, quit to go pursue acting. I mean, it worked out well for him, but still. <laughs> I mean, those kind of stories just don't happen as much anymore. So it was Dolph Lundgren's idea for Drago to be stoic mm-hmm. with few words. Okay. He watched all the other Rocky movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. He did his homework. Good. And he saw that his other opponents had been very loud, very brash, mm-hmm. and very animated. Okay. So he went to Stallone and said, Drago should be different. Drago should be quiet and silent and mm-hmm. intimidating. And Stallone liked it. Cool. So he wrote out a ton of his lines mm-hmm. and made it into close-ups. Oh, yeah. So it's all like that's of that's our internal monologue that's happening. That's right, but all of Dolph's acting is done in his face. Mm-hmm. That's incredibly hard to do, especially when you're inexperienced. Mm-hmm. And he pulls it off really well. And even so, you're really only supposed to have one expression. Yeah, but what's so amazing is like one scene that works really well is that Vegas fight mm-hmm. when he's coming up and all the lights 
and you're seeing his eyes be like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Like this is, well, actually, okay. So I kind of forget about that scene because it's so stupid. Yeah. But that makes so much sense for how they did the Russia thing. Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't tie that before until you just said that. I was like, oh, this is their way of doing the same thing to Rocky. And to be fair, it, you know... The it's reason, still bad, but... It's bad. The reason it's bad is because it feels so lackluster. Well, it's just so uh, ridiculous. The Las Vegas one is like, that actually, that kind of shit happens. <laughs> True. The, the Russia one doesn't. That's why it's so ridiculous. The Russia... Well, what happened in that scene does happen, mm-hmm. but it's far more about being powerful and imposing. Yeah. Like, seeing real Soviet ceremonies... Mm-hmm are very awe-inspiring. They are very big and very stern, but humongous and epic in scale. But they are meant to intimidate, Mm -hmm. not to revel. Mm -hmm. And there's too many fireworks and things going on for it to be that. But like the banner of Drago was a really cool touch that worked really well. That's fine. But that could have worked in my idea of having like a regular arena style fight with like this little section of Russian officers. You still could have done the banner thing. I appreciate Lundgren having the foresight to see that. And then it makes you look at his expression so closely to get everything that's there. And then it makes when he speaks so fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. I must break you. If he dies, he he dies. dies. Yeah, it's it's so. No, it's good. It's just like so. Holy shit, this guy. This dude don't get fucked. And then you know it. It honestly works really well when he's like, "I fight for me." Mm -hmm. He does a great job. He beat out eight thousand other actors for this role. He initially was turned down for being too tall. I believe it. But he kept pitching Stallone on it. He met him personally, mm-hmm. and Stallone told him, I think you got a good shot, but you got to gain about 20 pounds. Now, the base thing is that uh, <laughs> Dolph Lundgren and Carl Weathers did not get along during the filming of this movie. In fact, as things got heated in the ring, Lundgren threw Carl Weathers up against the corner. And Carl Weathers started shouting expletives, mm-hmm. said, I'm calling my agent. I'm done with this movie. Yeah. For four days, production was shut down because Weathers would not go to set with Dolph Lundgren. I don't blame him. And Stallone wound up mediating Mm -hmm. to slowly convince Carl to come back and to go to Dolph and say, you've just got to rein it in. You've got the perfect amount of anger there, but we've got to rein it in in order to make the scene work. And Stallone mediated between the two. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if I was Carl, I, I don't blame him at all. I'd been like, you're paying, I'm keeping my check and I'm going, fuck you. Yeah. I, I think it's simply a matter of an inexperienced actor getting too invested in the role and then having a guy who's kind of known for having an ego. We've been involved in productions like that. <laughs> <laughs> and just two battle of wills clashing that yeah. you had to thank God for a guy like Stallone who could actually sit between those two guys and be like, We can work this out, okay? (laughs) The other thing that Dolph Lundgren did is he nearly killed Sylvester Stallone. Cool. (laughs) Way to go. During their fight, Uh Stallone said, hey, while we're filming this, let's do 15 seconds where we're actually punching. Okay. Like, let's just really spar and go at it. Let's let's get a little couple frames of us, like, full out. Yeah, Yeah. that's fair. And that'll build the intensity, and then as we get the rest of the scenes, we'll work. 
So during that sequence, Stallone takes three shots to the ribs, and then he starts feeling a burning. Didn't think anything of it. That night, he's not able to breathe, and he gets rushed to the emergency room in Canada, which is where they were filming this fight. Yeah. They got there, and he had a blood pressure of 200, and he was flown on a plane at low altitude mm-hmm. to Santa Monica wow. and was in ICU for four days. He had a swollen pericardia because when Lundgren punched him in the ribs, his heart hit his rib cage and started swelling uh, and restricted blood flow. That's why he couldn't breathe. <laughs> that's right. Dolph Lundgren punched Stallone so hard, he almost killed him. <laughs> like, to the side of the chest, too. That's nuts. Insurance thought that Stallone was faking it, claiming that when they saw the injuries, it looked like steering wheel injuries from a oh, head-on yeah. collision, to which Stallone fired back, Have you seen Dolph Lundgren? That's a truck. That's a steering wheel. That's a head-on collision. <laughs> Shortly thereafter, insurance paid the claim. That's fair. <laughs> I I understand that. I mean, insurance is their dicks. There's just, their whole job is to not pay. That's their number one job. So I'm not gonna. Fu- we're gonna we're gonna pay fucking nothing to, for anyone about anything. I know. But that's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> just said. Have you seen him? Like I do like the like. We think you've falsified your claim, and you really had an accident. You had a car accident. This can't be a punch. No, I get that. That's, and it was like, you I understand the pause. Have you seen the guy who punched me? <laughs> All this to say that as intimidating as he looks, he's that intimidating yeah, he's not in intimidating. real life. He can back it up. Finally, Bridget Nielsen oh, as yeah. Ludmilla. Mrs. Stallone the second. Now, to be fair, they did not meet on this set. They okay. were already married during the filming she of this did the movie. movie. Okay, that makes that was gonna be my next question: Were they married, or did they meet, or were they dating? So she got into the movie because this was her husband. Now this is well before Flavor Flav and <laughs> VH1 Rehab and, and all of her craziness. And she most recently got in the headlines because she's fifty four and just had a baby. I mean, I mean, if you're in a happy relationship and you want to do it, good, yeah, <gasps> whatever. That's that's about what you want to do. It's just striking thinking about that was my point of reference for her for mm-hmm. so long. And, and then, then seeing her, her in this movie being like, whoa, yeah. that is two different people. I agree. Um, no, this is the first time I've seen her in anything. So. Now, Ludmilla had no real lines in the original script. Sure. But the then when pro- they when they took away all of Drago's line, they had to have somebody to explain stuff. Well, no, the sports premiere guy was going to be the guy speaking for both of them. Oh, okay. And then... In a last minute change, Stallone just mm-hmm. decided to give her more lines. Mm-hmm, sure. I, I, think mean, it, I think it works good. Whatever. It's, she is really good in that role. And I like that it's not just the hack Soviet guy that speaks for him. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, like, I'm fine with him explaining the science, her explaining, like, what they're doing. Because if it was just the other guy, then you don't need her at all. My, There's no reason for her to be there. The only thing I really would have liked, this goes back to my, we could have had some more here. Mm-hmm. You could have made her more than a Soviet trophy wife Mm -hmm. because the way they play it, it's like they're married for the state. I wouldn't put it outside the realm of Soviet politics for them to do that, for them to arrange a marriage of two people who don't have any connection. No, that's fine. But I've seen the Americans. But what would have would have been nicer is for them to actually be married and Mm -hmm. a couple. And then at the end, she gets as invested in 
Drago finally realizing, fuck this, I want to fight for me. And her backing him up on that. Yeah. Would have been nice for her not just to be another Patsy character, for her to have a little more agency in the story. That's it's fine. not important. It's just one of those, eh, this would have been more fun. She works fine in the movie. All right, a little little quick hit on our music. Okay. You might have noticed the absence of one very particular song from this film. Yeah, they don't use the Rocky theme. That's because Bill Conti did not score this movie. Yeah, but why didn't they still use the theme? Because he didn't score this movie. That's still stupid. He was too busy working on Karate Kid and Karate Kid Part 2. Those are such good movies. I love them. This score, because of how Cynthia it was, you will be happy to know was nominated for a worst score at the Razzies. Earned. (laughs) And then, of course, we must give a a shout out to a few of these songs. Mm -hmm. First of all, Living in America. Which was James Brown's final number one hit. Oh, that's a good song, though. It's a damn good song. The problem with this performance, Mm -hmm. if they had gone all out and performed it, Mm -hmm. because they half-assed it. Yeah. They really did. James Brown's not synced up to the music. The nightclub dancers are just, like, barely doing anything. Mm -hmm. They have no expression on their faces. Like, if this had been truly choreographed and done well, would have been great. Yeah. Because Carl Weathers is selling the shit out of it. Carl Weathers is oiled up and ready to go. But nobody else is. Yeah. And it just feels so, eh. Had they all sold it, oh, it would have been kick ass. Yeah. And it contrasts so perfectly with Drago being like, this is boxing? What the hell is this bullshit? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I just come to fight. We also get hearts on fire. I mean, it's a good song. It's just so fucking cheesy. It is, but in that way in that of... perfect 80s it, way. It finally comes around to the end. The one that doesn't work is Survivor's Entry, which is Burning Hearts. Those lyrics are so on the nose. Way too on the nose. It's just bad. I dig the tune, but there's so much. One man fighting against country. <laughs> He's going to go to Russia and try to beat up the bad guys. It might as well have been that. Yeah, it really, yeah. Like, it's so muddy and weird, and yeah, it's bad. 
and of course our favorite there's no easy way out Just dark shots of Sylvester Stallone changing gears in a Lamborghini while Drago sweats in the middle of the night. Yeah, it's just so bad. That whole sequence <laughs> just is like... Can... And the song doesn't help. No, no. <laughs> half of those songs are legit good 80s songs, and half of them are just terrible. Plus, we get Eye of the Tiger back, so I'll call it I'll call it a C. Maybe a C minus. C minus on a good day. All right, trivia. Trivia. That hit the one in the middle line that we like so much. Mm-hmm. That is from Boxing Lore. Ooh. During the Max Bear-Max Schmeling fight in 1933, Bear came back to the corner groggy in the mm-hmm. first round and said, I- I'm seeing three of them out there. Jack Dempsey, who was in his corner, mm-hmm. issued that famous line, hit the one in, in the, the middle. middle. Yeah. And Max Bear won that in a 10th round KO. Cool. So that is that is some actual boxing legend in there it makes perfect sense which also explains i was like wow that was a really great line oh that's because it's not something they actually wrote hey i know i'm just joking if drago was pressing standard weight plates when Mm -hmm. we see him he did a straight press of 455 pounds i don't know if that's real or not but that's nuts in real life of course soviet boxers were not allowed to fight professionals exactly hence this movie would have never fucking happened well yeah that fucking robot. Oh, I forgot about the robot. Okay, oh. the robot is both horrible and amazing. Happy birthday, Polly. Happy birthday, Polly. <laughs> like, she's his wife. That's Polly's girlfriend is his robot, and oh I love God. it. I love that he got, like, he got him the robot as his girlfriend. Once they made that turn, mm-hmm. it became funny. But at the beginning in that scene, you're just left being like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, it's super weird. <laughs> this was created by International Robotics, Inc. and was voiced by the company CEO. That's cool. Roger Ebert proposed it was an android because it seemed to have artificial intelligence. Oh. Which makes a little bit of sense okay. with how they portrayed it in yeah, the Yeah, they, they had it with some satirical lines. It had real personality. Yes, it was being sassy at which some points. Which is different than we'd seen we'd from see, a lot yeah. of robots. It was identified by engineers as Seiko, S-I-C-O. Mm-hmm. And Seiko, because it got credited, mm-hmm. was and still is a member of SAG and toured with James Brown during his tours in the 80s. That makes so much sense <laughs> about the 80s. That's on par with everything I know about the 80s. And it made it into this movie because Sylvester Stallone saw it at a party, thought it was funny, and then included it in the film. I'm okay with all of this. <laughs> like, that's stupid. But in the best way. The only reason it works is because of Polly. The oh, yes. only reason. Because at first he's disgusted by it, but he's like, that's my robot. <laughs> like, that's my toy. Polly, you know that's not good for you. Yeah, Shut it's, up. It's, no, it's great. It's great. It's great. It reminds me of Big Bang Theory when Raj gets the new iPhone with Siri. And Siri <laughs> becomes his girlfriend. It's uh, both hilarious and very sad. I swear... Family Guy made fun of this movie like 8,000 times. There's so many clips that I can, mm-hmm. I, thinking back now, I'm just going like, oh, Yeah, now shit. I know. Yeah. People have parodied this movie up and down because of the Rocky movies, it is by far the silliest. 
the equipment that mm-hmm. they used in this film yeah. for training was groundbreaking. It was not in public use for another two decades. Yeah, I noticed all the stuff that he's doing is stuff that we saw what's his face do when we watched Icarus. Like it's a lot of that training, like checking the breathing levels and the heart rates and all that like oxygen levels. That's it wouldn't have been used for training widespread. It like it would have been like a rehab type thing. Somehow at best. Somehow they got insider knowledge on some of the Soviet training equipment that was being used. And that stuff eventually did become public. Maybe it was Grigori. Who knows? But I mean they <laughs> yeah. they really that was all stuff that was real and they were using mm-hmm. and it just it was it was only used in major athletic programs. Yeah. It wasn't used in public gyms or anything like that. Weathers acting during the death scene when he decided to do the convulsion was so convincing that the on-site medics thought he was actually injured. Oh, good on you. And finally, many, many people think the final countdown by the band Europe comes from this film. Hmm. But it does not. It came out It came out a year later, and they think that because Vince DiCola's score is very, very similar. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. All right. How many Drago banners are you going to give this movie? Three. So it's the lowest rated one yet. Still at a three. So it's way better than some other crap we've watched. Uh, it just, I don't like all the montages. So it gets dragged. Like, I'm mad that they cut that scene that would have explained the title thing, which is kind of an important plot detail. But I still liked it and had fun. So it's still good. Three Drago murals. I'm going to go three as well. I thought about it. I I wanted to drag this movie, especially because when I saw it before, I thought it was ludicrous. And it really colored my idea of the franchise for a long time. <laughs> Thinking about it, it's a very mixed bag. But what pushes it over just that medium level for me is that what works works really well, including something I didn't think worked very well at the time, which is Drago. Drago's oh. character is really, really good. And in another movie where they'd given a little more meat on the bone, mm-hmm. and then it made me like tear up twice. And I can't fault the movie that much yeah. when it really impacts me still. You got all sports cry when Paolo died. I got all sad and misty when Adrian showed up. When Adrian showed up, and like, pa- like no. and we're both just going, "Why is fucking movie so good?" The movie, the movie, the movie that has gets... no right to be this good and give me feelings. This well, is stupid. And Rocky Three was the one that was just yeah, like, that one what was the bad. Fuck, because that movie shouldn't it be this shouldn't good. be this good. We're three movies into this, and it's just dumb. And it just keeps getting good. This one definitely felt like the well was starting to run dry. Yeah, but there's still enough in there. To still pack a punch. And it's just because that character is so good. This is good. I'm disappointed in myself for that rating. I gave Rocky initially. <laughs> what did you give Rocky? Three. Oh, yeah. But I wasn't ready. We bought this whole movie series. Yeah. Just so, because it was easier, we found a like, good deal. Like, yeah, we, we knew we were going to do this. So, like, I put the box set in my Amazon cart and just kind of watched it to see when it would drop. And it dropped to, like, 20 bucks, normally, like, 35 so it's like, okay, take a flyer, whatever. And, you know, I didn't have high expectations. Like 20 bucks for six movies? Okay, that's a good deal. I'm glad we own this. I know. I'm so, I'll watch all of these again. I know. And I'll watch it with my kids. Yeah. Because they're really good movies. Yeah. Even this one, which is kind of dumb. But, like, fun dumb. I am so surprised. 
I'm so surprised at how much I love this stuff. Like, so we watched the first one. And I was like, oh, I got, I have seven more movies to go. I have seven movies. I kind of feel the way you acted when I said you had to watch all of the Harry Potters. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe I agreed to this. But I'm having fun. So like, then we watched the second one. I was like, that was really good. And I'm just like, I, I'm still liking it. And I still want to see five and six. And then Creed and Creed 2. Like, I'm still on board. Let's hold our horses just a tiny bit. Don't prime the pump for sadness and disappointment. I just... I know. I've, I've heard things. I've already heard things about Rocky Five. Shut up. I'm going to watch it. Woo. This is epic, guys. We're halfway there. So much. But we're doing it. All we right. trained hard. Until next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. This film used ground baking. Ground baking? Mm-hmm. Ground baking. Mm, yummy.